fuck, right? Yeah. Hey! Let us in! What are we gonna do? Hey, it's Junkie and Tobor! I don't think they're going to let us in. It's freezing out here! Let us in! <laughs> Tobor! I don't think they're going to let us in. Okay, okay. I don't either. Yeah. Okay, well. Moto One Podcast Network. You're listening to Creative Writing, the podcast that's like that missing 10 millimeter, but you kind of wish you never found it. Somehow you did. And like our supporters on Patreon, you too can support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash creative writing. While you're at it, head over to our Zazzle store and check out our merch there by searching Creative Writing Podcast. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, anywhere else except for TikTok and Ding Dong, because we ain't going to go there. But on Twitter, we are. And Tumblr, thanks, bye. Okay. Thanks, bye. All right, everybody. Welcome to Creative Writing. This is episode... Oh boy, hang on one sec. I don't even know. I am uh, trying to. Oh shoot, I got a. Uh, come on, baby, there we go. Nothing like having a fish a wire from underneath the motorcycle tire. Ooh, that rhymed. Well, let's hope the rest of this rhymes. So, in tonight's intro, <clears throat> I'm going to do something a little different. I might want to take these headphones off. Now that I know I can hear myself, it's going to make me hear myself twice. So, I don't want to do that. I'm going to try and uh, freestyle an intro tonight. I usually we have some cool music. You you I say cool. You you say it sounds like a, a drunk wino did it in the in the trunk of an Oldsmobile out back in the alley, but I say it sounds cool to me. I'm a little taller than I thought, so hang on, you're going to hear some mic noise here. So more, you could really be helping. I know you're it's very important for you to be over there on the on the ones and twos. And when I say the ones and twos, Tobor is not on the ones and twos like you think. He's over there flipping switches on my lowrider. Yeah, quit making it hop while we're trying to do this intro. That was a real lowrider, by the way. All right, anyway, I'm going to try and do a little freestyle intro this week instead of our uh, um, canned, cheesy, cool ones. Like I said, the ones I say cool, the ones you probably think sounds like Wolford Brimley laying in the bathtub pouring wine all over his belly. Um, all right, here it goes. And this is for you, patrons. This one's for you. Hopefully hopefully, I can see the patron list from here. Okay, ready? already going to be hard. Oh yeah, okay. Thanks to the patron, made us want to dance. He started it all, he's our only Canadian. It's patron Lance. Thanks to the next patron, helped kick it off all. Goddamn, this is lame. He let me borrow his bike for three years. 
Cheers. That's right. It's Patron Paul. Oh, followed by Patron Jerry. And then our very own very uh, Patreon Narissa. Thanks. your son for a little bit too, Chuck Wiggins. Then we got John Hillenbrand, the Norse Force Phil, he's our Colorado man. Then we got Chris Singsheim, another Wisconsinite. And finally, the biggest announcement, we got a new patron tonight. Thanks for filling in the blanks, everybody. Thanks, patrons. We love you so much. You know what? I had a much better song planned out. I didn't plan on screaming right in Tobor's recording canal to do this, but apparently we got kicked out of the... um, the uh, studios up in Burbank, the Moto One headquarters, Moto One Podcast West headquarters, um, and yeah, so they were they were telling us how they blew the budget somewhere in Greeley, Colorado, or something like that on some Moto One Podcast Central, and I was like, what the hell? So they must be talking about Nokomoto Boys, but anyway, obviously I spared no expense on this intro. We'll be getting to the regular show now. <laughs> Thanks, Stillboard. Oh, yeah. All right, everybody. Welcome to Creative Writing. If this is your first time listening, or your 31st, or your 201st, or believe it or not, you're 231st. Yes, I think there are, uh, we're edging in on 300 shows, everybody. Uh, that's quite a milestone for myself, um, for my <laughs> heinous sidekick here, Tobor, who has uh, sat with me through this majority of the pandemic after ditching me, uh, what, episode 10, somewhere around, right around there? What? Yeah. Yeah, somewhere, I thought it was somewhere around 10. Uh, you remember that show, right? Oh, right. Oopsie. Yeah, big oopsie. Uh, you jumped on my motorbike and uh, sped off, giving me the middle finger. I actually have, I'm laying around in the studio here somewhere, I have a um, a little drawing. Uh, don't ask me how we got like a court appointed, um, like a character artist to sit in and, and <laughs> it's almost like we had that thing planned out, but we didn't, right? Anyways, it's been an arduous year. We just made it through an election here in the States. So yay, congratulations, everybody. Uh, as the former president um, predicted as well, coronavirus is now over. Yay, November 4th or whatever he said it would end. So of course, that's over. So we made it through coronavirus, uh, a presidency. We've made it through... Uh, Could you believe it? Listen to this. Almost, I'm going to say about one year ago, uh, 
Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say about one year ago. I believe it was when Australia was on fire, and we already. I don't know if you already forgot about that, or if you're one of those people that doesn't forget. If you're like the pe- Pepperidge Farm of humans, and you don't forget, uh, yeah. This time last year, uh, we're remembering back to how great it was. You know, not Australians, boy. Um, and I think they stayed on fire well into January. Um, and I'm not sure. Uh, Tobor and I, previous to that, we're looking into. Hang on one sec. Uh, oh God, what a Oh, thank God we're not set up over there anymore, Tobor. Uh, we're set up over here now. I would just would unplug the whole operation. Did I just unplug half the shop, though? Oh, geez, that could have been bad. Um, yeah, so we were going to go into a koala fur coat um, operation. Well, that got put on hold because now there's like the population of koalas is like, uh, you know, trying to find a, a potato chip in the bottom of a fat lady's Dorito bag. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Hey, at any rate, not to make fun of Australia, then, um, you know, this time last year, I, I don't remember why we, it was, uh, nobody knew, we know, we didn't know, we just didn't know it was, it was coming for us, and we're, uh, uh, I think Australia burned into January, um, we never did get that koala for a coat farm off the ground, um, and then of course, uh, California caught on fire for half the year last year, I think, uh, while people were crying about that, Nokomoto told me that, um, or I heard them say on their podcast, they haven't spoken to me since uh, a few weeks ago after that one text I sent. We won't talk about it. But uh, I guess they've been on fire since August. So who knew? Um, but when you say fire, you don't usually think of Colorado. Um, you know, I don't know. I think there's it's snowing there, but it's probably still it's uh, snowing fire. So who knows? Anyways, yeah, we made it through. We made it through fires. We made it through a presidency. We made it through a pandemic. Did we really? I mean, the world's going back on lockdown. So uh, of all the good things that have happened, um, there's a lot of weird things that have happened too. And this show, we're gonna focus on that. We've talked to. Uh, well, we've talked to a few people on this show, and I, I, this show has a theme. It is to ride or not to ride, and we're only going to hear the not to ride uh, part on this week's show. So I don't know if you've ever, if you, if it's ever even ever crossed your mind not to ride or what you'd be doing now if you never started. You know, in some parallel universe, there's another you somewhere who is doing the exact opposite, which is if you're not on a motorcycle, you're probably studying tardigrades on the backside of a a moss somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. However, there may be a motorcyclist that does that. And on the flip side, he is a a skydiver doing crazy stuff, but too afraid to get on a motorbike. So there's always a uh, inverse parallel you know, dimension where something's happening. Um, but in this dimension right now, what do we, uh, you know, motorcycling is part of my life. It's part of my daily life. Um, it's part of my job. Um, but it's also part of my lifestyle. Um, and it's part of the things that excites me and I look forward to. And it's not like that for everybody. And sometimes it's not even like that for motorcyclists. I always see these memes that says, man, I wish I could stay in bed, said no motorcyclist ever. Well, guess what? (laughs) I'm 
I'm one of those motorcyclists that would sleep like a goddamn panther. I'd like 19 hours a day if I could, if I didn't have to get up and if I didn't have kids. Um, there's several weekends where I shoved the pillow over my head, like questioning, honey, why did we have kids? And when I finally got my wife to admit that, yes, it would be nice to sleep in until like 8.30 on a weekend, um, one of these times. You know what? I've been doing it. I just stay up till like 3 in the morning. Then I don't, you know, I don't have an excuse not to. So anyways, um, yeah, so... If I wasn't a motorcyclist, if it wasn't part of my life, if it wasn't part of the things that I really enjoyed, what would I do? And is it that important for everybody? So on this week's show, we've actually reached out to a few people. And we're going to hear the stories of a couple. There's about three, two or three people that um, I had set up interviews with. And a couple of them I never heard back from after they said, yeah. I, I don't know what's happening in their lives right now. Um, but you know what? Whether or not your life is just an awesome roller coaster right now because you're unemployed and you're got, getting that uh, stimulus check that uh, let, lets you fill up the tanks and go out there on two wheels, or you're the mother or father of six and you you and your spouse got canned, and so now you have a house that houses six people and you got to dig yourself out from under a rock, right? Um, regardless of what your situation is in life and whether or not you're able to do more riding, less riding, my question is, should you ride? And is it okay to give it up? Is it okay to have never started? Do you have a family member or a spouse? Are you, are you just like crazy and you listen to the show because you want to know about motorcycles, but you've never ridden yet? So, to ride or not to ride, that's what we're going to talk about on this week's show. And like I said, there's a couple people I reached out to that didn't get back to me. A couple of them we actually had scheduled, but a couple just gave me um, some terse answers. And it's like, you know, I didn't um, – one person in general uh, I know got sick, personally got sick, and couldn't ride, physically couldn't ride. Some people age out. And I mean, that happens to everybody. We always made fun of boomers and Harley Davidson's getting on trikes, right? But uh, Generation X is like right there behind them. Uh, boomers are like 80 now, right? Or 70. So the old people that we think of are like old Gen Xers, old hippies and punks that are uh, getting up there in age two. And in general, I know that um, as the generations uh, you know get younger and younger and younger, um, they focus more on fitness and stuff and staying healthy, but that also doesn't always mean that you're able to ride. Some people have like the one person I know that didn't, didn't come on the show has, um, an autoimmune disorder and can't ride and has, um, you know, it really affected them. Um, another person I, I know got in a crash and, uh, didn't ride after that while other people I know have crashed and now they exclusively race. You know, there's two ways to look at it. Um, but some people do that. Some people can't get back on the horse. Um, it kind of turns them off. It kind of is a wake up call. So on this week's show, we're going to talk about of all things, not motorcycling. And is it okay not to motor, you know, not to be a motorcyclist and for a motorcycle podcast to say that it's not okay, I think is eye opening. Um, we we accept everybody we try to accept all, you know, bikes. I, for the longest time, I I, sh- I frowned on like slingshots and Vox or uh, Vanderhalls and um, Can-Ams and any and, and 
actually Harley and Honda trikes, um, conversion kits or not. You know, the Nikon came out. Is that a motorbike? It leans. It's, it's like a motorcycle with a double front wheel. So um, if he, if a seal gets one of his flippers eaten off by a shark and now he only has one flipper up front, is he still a seal or is he a, is he a motor seal? Oh, bang. I just made that one up. Tobor. No. Okay. Tobor's looking at me. Tobor's mad at that joke. Jeez. Um, at any rate, what I, I guess what I'm trying to say here is that whether or not you um, have decided that you uh, want to be a motorcyclist, I embrace all motorcyclists, right? And, and whether or not you are riding, no matter what you ride, I guess, what I'm getting at, no matter what you ride, um, if you haven't even started writing yet, riding yet, or if you just like two wheels, we are all about it here at Creative Riding. And this week we got a couple interviews with people who, for whatever reason, chose not to ride. So with no further ado, uh, I'd like to start the music and get into this week's interviews before we touch off on the rest of the topics in this week's show. All right, hit the, hit the, fancy, hit the fancy times, Tobor. Do that fancy stuff, bro. Okay, you weirdo. Oh, yeah. All right, everybody. Next on the show is a returning personality that was a, uh, a great help and for about two shows. Um, actually, they detracted from the show, if you want to my personal opinion, because they are technically not a writer. But it's not like uh, they've never given writing a try. Returning to the show, coming to us from somewhere deep within the heartland of this country is Dr. K. Dr. K, hello. Good afternoon. How are you doing today? I'm doing excellent. How are you doing? Uh, fantastic. It's been a hot while since we've talked. I don't think uh, you have been on the show since episode 31, which is a long time ago, but you were a, I think, a two-episode intern back when um, I was learning the uh, the downfalls of having an intern, much like Nokomoto Podcast knows these days. You're terrible. <laughs> You're a terrible intern, and uh, yeah, I'm sorry, to, sorry we had to cut you loose from the studios, but... Uh, not only was space tight back then, but also the budget was even tighter. So the the $30 I paid you for those um, three months of service, was, <laughs> I still haven't recouped it. So um, so how you doing? I, I I hope the weather's good there. We, we got, like I said, we've earlier in the episode, we got a little bit of a chill in the air here. So um, I know you're, you're east of us out there in the desert land somewhere. Um, how's it going over there? Is it cold yet? Mm. Yeah, I actually took a hike yesterday and it was pretty windy. I was kind of blowing up a mountain. <laughs> yeah, I hope you take a hike. That's what we said when we kicked you out. Take a hike, don't come back to the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, hey, on today's show, we've, we've got a couple people that we've talked to, a couple interviews that we've had, and we're talking about people that, you know, this is a motorcycle show. We're all about two wheels. We love motorbikes and all things, um, not necessarily motorcycle related, but two wheel related. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about people um, that have either tried it or and not picked it up or that have had to give up for certain reasons. And you're one of the people that came to mind because I know a while back when you were on the show, we were trying to get you into writing. And 
what's your give give the listeners a little bit of background experience. What is your riding experience? What is your motorcycling experience? Um, the only time I've ridden motorcycle uh, was out the desert once. It was a little Honda trail bike, and it it was pretty easy to ride. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. Um, but since then, I mean, obviously, I haven't really even had a chance to right. ride anything. Right. And you were really good. I, I liked your, it was fun having you on the episodes that you were on. Cause we asked you some questions about bike styling, what bikes ugly, what bikes, uh, not ugly. And it was good to hear a non-rider's perspective. Cause as a rider, sometimes we can get biased or jaded or turned on to, uh, a very specific aesthetic or what, you know, the type of riding that we do can kind of bias us in some way as to what to get. If or or when you went riding on this trail bike, what was your impression of it? And do you remember what it was? Was it a little? Was it a dirt bike or? Um, it was like, a little Honda. Um, it was one of our friend, actually our friend. It was his his little trail bike he had for a while. Okay, I think it was a little. I think it was a little Honda. It had really wide tires. Um, oh, like I said, okay. Easy to ride. Yeah, I actually crashed because I I turned too sharp and I flew <laughs> off it. But other than that, I had a lot of fun riding it. That thing was that thing was a little little beast i loved it good just went out cruising the desert it was fun right it was probably a bw that was the honda big wheel which is the basically the competitor to the tw 200 that yamaha currently has and uh i guess you could say the suzuki van van uh big fat tires but two wheels um uh, made for yeah made for easy easy going over that stuff um also when you uh this is a little bit of history for people um you actually had a a five year plan or something like that that you're going to get a motorbike. Can you walk us through that and tell us about how long ago that was? <laughs> yeah, that was that was. I had a, a five year plan. I always have these little plans where I wanted. I set these financial goals. Where I can do it, and then it never happens for most for the most part. But um, that five year plan was about <laughs> I'd say about ten years ago. <laughs> okay. Um, at the time, is is at the time too. Um, when I had gotten married, and uh, and you know, obviously, there's 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 a, another half involved in that. When they're like, "Oh, I don't want you getting a motorcycle; they're dangerous and all that." Um, I wanted to get one. I've always wanted to get a bike. I've always loved motorcycles and wanted to get one. Um, I'm not a big motorcycle guy. Like, I don't know all the all the specs on them and all the facts and everything. But I was that makes two of us. Huh? <laughs> me, me neither, and I have a motorcycle <laughs> show. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, yeah, I just you know, like I couldn't, I couldn't see a bike and be like, oh, see some. Like when I at my job before I got furloughed, um, this damn pandemic, uh, I used to see a lot of, a lot of, uh, I think they were K and M's or something like that. Like a lot of, or no, a lot of BMWs. People would come running in all the time, and they they just I'd see their bikes posted up, and I was like, that's awesome. They're cruising around. You know, the whole open road philosophy and everything, you know, was really appealing. Right. But um, as for the financial side of it, like, oh, it's just hard to, to, you know, put money aside at the time and all this other stuff I had going on. I just never got around to it. And now it's like I'm kind of like barely treading water. So, again, right. like, I don't really have much to put aside for the stuff that I would like to get. Right. But I still keep the team alive. I still want to get one eventually. Cool. So that was going to be my next question is it sounds like you never got into writing partially because it was a financial thing. And yeah. I can tell you that people that have a 
where there's a will, there's a way. So people that are like ultimately like, I have to ride or I'll die. They will, you know, eat ramen noodles and, and uh, you know what I'm saying? They'll eat uh, bologna sandwiches for, you know, a year straight just so they can get the down payment and start payments on a bike till they can get in a, in a better place. But so it sounds like you have had other stuff going on. And then the significant other is another thing that I wanted to mention because we've had some interviews uh, or, you know, we've talked to some people where that was the issue was the significant other. Um, everybody always calls these motorcycles murder cycles or like, you know, motorcycles and stuff like that. And everybody's turned off by the dangers of them. Um, was that, was it the danger in your case? Was it the, was it the financial or was it the danger that your, uh, your spouse was not into, was not, uh, want you to ride? Um, I'd say a little bit of both. Hmm. Cause basically at the time when the money was going, it was being put aside for other things. Um, and then the whole like, yeah, like, Oh, well they're dangerous. I don't think I want you riding, especially if we plan on having kids, like all this stuff way back when it's like, <laughs> right. you know what? Like, yeah. I might play a rider to have kids, you know, and then, you know, because everybody knows right. kids can't ride. Hashtag all those little motocross kids right now. Yeah, but some people, some people plan like they plan like that far ahead where they make all these plans in their head, and they're just like, "Oh, what if this and what if that?" It's like, yeah, well, I don't live by what ifs, you know. But right, right. That was one of the things too. It's like it's like more a safety thing. Like, oh, like I'm not, and I would not be a irresponsible rider, nothing like that. But um, it's just somebody else, you know. At the time, you have to think for, you know, you have to like compromise for somebody else. Right, and that's ultimately the a good spouse will compromise and and that's, you know, if you are going into, uh, I mean, there are some people that will ask for forgiveness rather than permission, you know what I'm saying? And they'll go do something first and then fight about it and work through it after having done it. Um, but other people, you know, if you are being considerate and you're looking forward, I, I think that's a valid idea or a valid reason not to get into it is that you've had the conversation and just decided that it's not, um, you know, you and your spouse came to the conclusion that it's not what's in the family's interest. So, I mean, I get it. And a lot of people don't yeah. start writing because of the, or they quit writing because they start families or they never start because they have had that discussion and decided they love their partner more than they, you know, would love freedom out on two wheels with no one to answer to. Oh, I, I almost sounded like I was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me, but, uh, yeah, that wasn't me exactly, but right. yeah. And since then, and since then, I mean, I've, you know, I've actually, um, we've split up and everything like that, like a while back. So, okay. You know, it's so I'm not together with, with, I'm not married anymore, but, um, Hey, hi hindsight's 2020 <laughs> though, right now you, now you can go get that bike. Um, and, I wish I could. Yeah, right. And so you mentioned another thing. At one time, it was one reason. Now it's another reason. Now you said something about the pandemic, and you're barely uh, as as half of the world right now. I mean, it's not just America that's having a pandemic, but most of the world has shut down at some point or another. And I'm sure the global, you know, we're a global economy now. I'm sure everybody globally is suffering a little bit. And um, yeah, now is not the best time to buy. Although I don't know if it's the same in every country. Um, but in the United States, for sure, you can barely buy a dirt bike right now because the one way to socially distance yourself is via motorcycle. And the one type of motorcycle that most States, even California, California, you know, everyone's saying with your, you know, big old state wrapped in uh, safety wrap here is actually the, uh, one of the only things you can do with a young kid, 
um, is take a dirt bike. You know, you don't need a license for a dirt bike for a little kid. So you can actually go out and camp and, and go dirt biking right now and get away from people and experience nature. Um, there's a whole ton of off-road stuff. And so, yeah, now is a great time, except for the, if you can afford it, you know? <laughs> so it sounds like yeah. you got hit by, it sounds like you got hit by the marriage pandemic before you got hit by the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah. Um, and that was, yeah. Right. And you said you'd still love to though. So my ultimate question to you is, do you think at some point you will, or do you think it's something that now you've, you've waited too long? Do you think it's something that your current, uh, situation dictates? I, I don't know if you're married again or dating again, but, uh, if you are, is it something that you're, you know, a significant other is it, obviously your wallet right now is your biggest significant other telling you it's not going to happen. But do you think it's something you're going to look at in the, yeah, if nothing else, I would like to invest, um, eventually in not like a, like an everyday rider, like to go to work and stuff like that. Then like a, like a casual, like, like a, like a weekend bike, like a dirt bike, but like maybe a street legal dirt bike or something like that. But yeah, that's something still I, I'm looking at. Like, I really want to get, like, eventually do still want to get one. Even if it takes me some 80 years old and I'm this old man. Wow. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Or something. I don't care. Yeah. As a, as a person who's like 143 years old, I can verify that it doesn't matter how old you are. You know, I mean, uh, motorbikes have been around for most of the time I've been alive, but uh, it didn't get into riding them until I was in my 90s myself. So it's very, <laughs> very uh, doable. Uh, and especially um, the cheaper medicine and replacement hips become <laughs> and mm. the the better pain management gets, you can ride longer into your life as long as hey, you can. Hey, man, they're going to have Skill yeah, like right. Years. Right. Well, yeah, I, I've seen <laughs> I've seen some three D printed stuff, right? Where you you won't have to worry about that. The the more safety uh, uh, stuff gets uh, developed through racing, the easier it will be for you for you to go when you're eighty years old. Um. So yeah. So now let's talk about the fact that you would like to up until your eighties. What type of bike do you think? Um. The KMs that you were talking about. I think you were talking about KTM's and BMWs. KTM, yeah, that's what KTM. Yeah. yeah. They they both um. They both make a very uh, popular style of off-road bike called ADV bikes, and and that's probably what you're seeing in your area. Like I said, you're part of the Great American Desert that spans from Eastern California over into basically like the other side of Texas until you hit the Oklahoma. You know, there's a big chunk of that middle of this country is uh, a desert. You know, kind of like desert yeah. scrubby region. So yeah, you're you're somewhere out there in all that mess, um, and I'm sure you could just ride out on a day on a, on a ADV bike from your house out to wherever you're going to go. Is that the type of riding that you would do? You said, you said a weekend bike. So I'm assuming you're going to be, I'm assuming you're trending toward, uh, either long distance touring on the roads or like you said, KTM dirt bike sort of thing. What would be your preference? Yeah, probably something like that. Like I've seen like a lot of the open road and I think it'd be awesome. Like I cruise out in my car sometimes. I just go for drives. And I always thought, like, I see guys on their motorcycles riding around out here on the long stretches. And I'm like, yeah, it looks like it'd be so fun. And they're probably having a great time just cruising around. I mean, it looks like, you know, and they're mostly on cruisers. Um, some guys like on Harleys, big bikes. And then some guys on little street, like the like really fast ones. But I'd really just like a little cruiser one. And, yeah, one I could just take on, like, a little trip. Like, maybe go camping. Maybe put a little tent on there and just, just cruise off-road for a bit. Um, you know, maybe go. I've always wanted to go up to this um, mining up north. Just something like that. Like maybe we could ride up there, you know. 
Rad. Yeah, bring your um, camp provisions. Uh, uh, what's it called? One of those mining pans and a bedroll and a pickaxe. Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. I, yeah, it sounds like you're trending more toward a uh, scrambler style, or uh, I would say at minimum an ADV bike. Like those, that yeah. would be perfect. I think for, they have uh, to have knobby tires. I think the ones I've yeah. seen pretty much have like some kind of little knobs on them just just for the off road stuff. Yep. Yep, that's an ADV bike that you're you're thinking of. They're they they got plenty of cargo space, but they're also quote like on and off road. Where yeah, you'd never take a, uh, you know, Honda Goldwing or a Harley or a BMW, or even one of the uh, Kawasaki who's famous for their dirt bikes. You'd never take one of their Vaqueros off road, you know. So yeah, that's you're talking about nine hundred pounds of touring bike versus you know four hundred pounds of on and off road cruiser. Yeah, that sound that's yeah. an awesome plan. I could tell you right now. This year is a horrible year. I, my, my family and myself bought a uh, camper this year, and I'd have to say everything was grossly overpriced because the one thing that didn't get shut down was camping. You could go camping, and it was socially distant from everybody else. Uh, and so campers were, you know, everybody had cabin fever. It's a premium to get out, right, and go camping. Um, and so the... Um, Campers were off the, you know, the, the market for those things. They were, they were grossly overpriced, but hey, we got one because we needed to get out of the, the dang house. Dirt bikes is the same thing. I don't think you can find a used dirt bike right now um, or ADV bike or anything because they're the one, like I said, it's the one thing where you don't need a license and you get out into the great American wilderness and uh, moto camp, like you said, or ride with your family and kids and so sales of those skyrocketed as well as used bikes got gobbled up. So this is the year of the – if you're a seller, this is your year, man. Yeah. So, Just like uh, fitness equipment. Like you can't find free weights anywhere. Right. I was lamenting that one day. I was like, man, what happened to all the all, – and then the stuff you look for online is like overpriced because they already was realizing they can't go to the gym, so they're going to work out at home. It's like, man. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, these little, the up. little thing, little, uh, economies, little gig economies that have suffered in the previous years are booming during this. So you like to be fit too. Um, and, and you said, you mentioned going on a hike earlier. I would have to say that, um, motorcycling is actually a pretty good way to stay in shape. So just a, just a, another hint why to do it, but definitely, yeah. So thanks for coming on the show. Um, we're probably not going to have you back in the studio. I have this wonderful robot with me named Tobor now that helps out <laughs> in the studio. And uh, he um, he does a pretty good job. And then Yeah, I know. He never gets sick. Right. He's always there. You don't have to, you know, give him lunch or anything like that. And he's funny. It's all right. So that's the biggest thing he has going for I'm him. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter okay. about automatons. Thank, thank you. Thank you. So, but thanks for being on the show with us today. So that gives us another perspective of, I'm, I mean, I did a lot of the talking for you today, which I apologize, but that's what we I used to do on the old shows anyway. Um, no worries. <laughs> thank you and, for having me. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for sharing some of the insights. So there we have another, uh, you know, two different perspectives from one person of what, you know, I didn't even think of the pandemic bringing people down and uh, making it financially less viable for people to get into writing this year. All I'm thinking about is all the people that are willing to eat a bologna sandwich and, and get those, jump on some of that used bike train. So, I was already doing that. Exactly right. Bologna. Right. I, it sounds like you weren't in the right. And, and what we were paying you here at the studio means that uh, if that's what your regular job pays you, yes, you, I'm, I'm a 
I'm a, you know, surprised you would be able to afford a bus pass. So, hey man, those 30 cent residual checks come in handy sometimes. Let me right. Tell you. And I got to make sure we, Tobor, will you put that on the list to cut those, make sure those don't go down anymore? Okay. Well, thanks, Dr. K, for being on the show with us today. And uh, maybe we'll catch up with you again. And if you get a dirt bike, definitely let us know. Um, email the show or email Tobor and I and let us know what's going on. And uh, we'll, we'll have you. It'd be nice to see what you finally got if you got a KMT or a B. RW or whatever you get. <laughs> All right. Definitely. All right. Thank you so much for having no, me. No problem. We'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye. Mm-hmm. All right. We're not going to bother talking to him again. Right? <laughs> right, Tobor? That guy sounded like a total nutter. Well, yeah. Don't be jealous. Listen, there's no competition. He's not coming back for sure. You are... You have way more character than that guy. And you're a robot. You know, he used big words too, like lamenting and automatons. I'm not sure I would trust a guy like that. Um, So yeah, there you have it. A couple of perspectives on what would drive one guy. Oh God, stretch out the music here, Tobar, because we need to, yeah, feather it in. There we go. Yeah, so what would would drive one guy to, uh, you know, abandoned writing I guess and never pursue his dream and what uh, you know in his case he had like three or four things so I mean that just that's proof right there um, and you heard us mention like I said we have talked to some people that quit writing because of um, injury we've talked to some people that quit writing because of illness talked to some people that quit writing because uh, it was a wake up call you know you have that one crash you have that I don't know one the uh, uncle who dies I don't know uh, but all I do know for sure, 100%, is that we have um, another interview set for you. So why don't I shut up, quit blabbing. You keep rocking this good cigar box guitar music that Tony Don Burnett, our old uh, music director, wrote. And I will uh, go ahead and cue up the next one. All right, thanks, Tobes, for pausing it right there, you big idiot. Hey, why don't we take a quick station identification break real quick and then come back with our next interview. What do you say? All right. Hey there, listeners. This is Patreon subscriber Narissa coming to you from inside my helmet in the land of beer and cheese, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You're listening to the Creative Writing Podcast because you're obviously ridiculously good looking. Zappers, Zappers. we got them. Coming at you from GSXR 600 FM, The Squid. We've got creative writing coming at you at the top of the hour, but first, the traffic. We have a yellow SV650 down on the 405 and a high-speed police chase being led by an RC51 over in Glendale. Chopper Dave says the bike looks pretty cherry from his vantage point, but may not be so sharp from up close. Anyway, here's an oldie from Tilford Sellers featuring a little-known steel guitar player named MotoGP. When the bright light I miss the beast man.
you missed the beast man you got you missed the guys over the uh gsxr 600 fm that wouldn't let us in tonight in the yeah oh yeah tobor i'm feeling like you're a traitor uh i feel like you would oh oh tobor why why would you do that to me you terrible robotic automaton or whatever dr k called you so listen everybody uh, we do have <clears throat> another interview um, coming up right here, but uh, I did want to say thanks for hanging out and sticking around with Creative Writing. Um, we do have some news coming up. There's some big news that happened with some uh, people on our show before. Um, there might, may have been some incarcerations. There may be some slander, libel, and lawsuit, and there may be the best goddamn brawl on motorcycles that you'll ever see. And uh, we need to talk about it. We need to get these guys back on the show. Uh, I'm talking about Eric and Tony, uh, the Harley guys. If you listen back to episode 92, I believe it is. And uh, we had them on again uh, a while back. We might even have talked about them um, again with them. I know we had talked to Tony about what's happening with Shred Moto, but uh, Eric and Jiffy Tune, he's just he's always busy, you know what I'm saying? So we need to catch up with them at the track, I do believe. Um, but they participated in something called the King of the Baggers race, and I know everybody's seen it by now. I was pumped about it. Um, along <clears throat> Alongside the likes of Josh Heron, uh, Hayden Gillum, Tyler O'Hara, and Ben Bostrom, you know, it's a it's a where are they now of motorcycle greats that have, um, and I shouldn't forget Frankie Garcia came in third, of of hooligans, um, and Josh Heron's one of my favorite current road racing hooligans to speak of. Tyler O'Hara, I used to love watching him on the XR1200 class that lasted from 2010 to 2015-ish. Um, of course, if you don't know who Hayden Gillum is, you haven't watched road racing or flat tracking, and you don't know about the man in the van with a plan, um, and the Boston brothers, like, I don't know, there were so many names uh, out there on the track, and in there with them was uh, t- uh, Tony Salima and Eric Stahl. And those are the two guys. Moto America even did a write-up on them as the two guys that started Harley Road Racing. But I'm going to call Hooligan Road Racers. Um, so, yeah. So we're going to talk about the king of the baggers. Maybe we'll be able to get them on uh time permitting and, and schedules permitting, um, in the near future here to talk all about that. I'd love, I'd love to get Josh Heron on so we could talk about woodworking with him, uh, and some other stuff, but yeah, so King of the Baggers, man, we're going to be yakking about that. Plus we're going to be yakking about what's happening right now in the motorcycle scene and, uh, what's going on, but we're going to save that for next episode. We're going to, we're going to, you know, get our notes in line and uh, this episode is just going to be all about to ride or not to ride. You decide. And uh, yeah, so with that, let's get into our uh, second interview, shall we, Tobor? Hit up that awesome music, bro. Yeah. <laughs> all right, man. I'm loving it. You should really yes. stop smoking Thanks. crack on the show.
right, well, we're here with our another set of writers, well, another set of writer and potential writer. Uh, on the phone with us, we have uh, Lynn and Jenny. And today we're going to be talking again, we're going to continue this story of uh, writers that maybe gave up writing or that tried it and decided it wasn't for them or that never got started. So today on the phone, why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves? Well, hi, I'm, I'm Jenny Gulick and um, I'm the non-writer. <laughs> all right, all right, perfect. <laughs> and I'm Lynn, and uh, we're sisters, and I just started writing about six years ago. Perfect. But... I love it. Yeah, yeah. So I like this perspective because some of the people we've talked to are just friends or had family members that rode, but we didn't get a chance to talk to them. So here is our opportunity to actually talk to siblings, one that rides, one that doesn't. And I have to ask, uh, starting with Lynn, when did the bug bite you to go uh, start riding? So it's um, kind of funny. Um it wasn't until I turned 50 that um, I just thought my husband rides and he's ridden all his life. And I just thought it would be this fun thing to try to see if I could do it, if I could pass the motorcycle safety course. Mm-hmm. And then if I would even like riding motorcycles. I just thought it was a cool challenge Um to give myself, yeah. you know, in that, in that, um, that epic birthday. <laughs> right, right, right. There's, <laughs> there's no better time to start than, uh, you know, when everyone's thinking, Hey, fear you're 50, what's left <laughs> motorcycling. And then that, that opens a whole new, uh, you know, youth, you know? Um, yes. so Jenny, now over to your story, why, why don't you ride? And, and when did you, have you ever tried riding? Okay, um, well, basically there's probably three reasons why I don't ride. (laughs) And it's not because I'm afraid or anything like that. I'm basically a a thrill seeker. I love power. I love engines. Um, (laughs) Our father had a motorcycle, so I kind of grew up with one. He would take us on rides, loved it. Um, You know, that. so it it wasn't that. I'm... I guess I'm a to thine own self be true person. Okay. So uh, I'm very safety conscious. So I know and accept that riding solo is actually probably just too much responsibility for me to be enjoyable. I really like the driving Miss Daisy approach to bike riding. <laughs> okay. You know, very good. <laughs> I get to I get to sit back. I get to look at the scenery. I don't have to worry about oncoming traffic or squirrels or deer jumping out on the road <laughs> or rocks or grass or water on the pavement. My my husband has ridden all of his life as well, and he got once we got married we were recently married uh, four years ago and he loves it so you know I want to I want to be there with him so I'm like sure I'll ride I'll ride with you um so that's kind of why that's the first reason why I don't ride because I just like him having all the responsibility (laughs) for my safety (laughs) there you go 
I, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't necessarily try to wire my the electrical in my house either because you know I'd be living in a pile of ashes. But uh, yeah, <laughs> as long as you can re- depend on someone else for the responsibility, right? You just have to enjoy the uh, enjoy the scenery. Okay. Yeah, so, and I totally trust him. I mean, one hundred percent. So I, I'm totally comfortable, and I know he's doing a good job up there. Yeah. <laughs> so that I can go do my thing. Um, and second, what's you know, it's kind of um, funny. Um, being the rider on the motorcycle, I, I get to physically be close to my husband, you know, not just in front or behind him on another machine, you know, during the ride. And um, maybe this is TMI, but, you know, we're both <laughs> not cud- cuddlers, but being on the bike is like cuddling the entire time, you know, yeah. instead of being on the couch doing it, we're going 40 miles an hour, 50 miles an hour. Yeah. So I've um, cuddled at 50 you know, miles an hour on the couch too. And it's, you know, they're, they're both pretty good. <laughs> and like I said, our father had a motorcycle when we were kids and, and going on a ride with him was great. You yeah. know, we got to hug him the whole time too. Gotcha. Um, so it was a really good experience. Yeah. Um, being, being there on the back. If you're not into public displays of affection, it's a good way to get around that <laughs> loophole, right? You found the loophole to do that and uh, nobody's going to say anything when you're, when you're holding on for safety. Um, okay. And so you, there's a third, third reason I don't ride currently. Okay. Um, like I said, I, I'm a, a, a thrill seeker and, and don't have much fear about these kind of things. And at the urging of my sister and <laughs> my brother-in-law, um, they're like, you got to try riding out, you know, take the class and try. I've got very good balance. I'm, I'm very athletic and strong. And so on my epic birthday, which I, I don't want to say which one, it's it's not. Your 30th? Hey, birthday. I said it for you. Yeah, yeah. I said it for you. It was your 30th. So, which the epic birthday was this year, even. Um, I experimented on a lightweight dirt bike. Okay. I was like, okay, I'll just pedal around or, you know, ride around, and this was on flat ground, going at a slow speed, and I still promptly fell off <laughs> and broke a rib. Oh, like, ouch. The first bone I've ever broken in my life. Right. So I kind of took that as a sign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe sign. I should be the rider. Right. Okay. Okay. All valid. All valid. Well, I'm going to say... I'm going to say valid. You know, everybody has their reasons why they do and don't do stuff. But, uh, but yeah, I get it. And, and it sounds like you still enjoy motorcycling, but it sounds like, um, you know, you got thrown from the horse and that's all it took for you to realize, hey, I'd rather, uh, <laughs> I'd rather ride in the wagon than on the horse or, or whatever analogy we can make there. So I have to ask, is it um, – you know that Lynn rides and you know that she – loves doing it on her own. And yeah, you know, I, I do have to agree when you're out there alone, uh, there isn't anybody to cuddle with. Sometimes I cuddle my bike, hoping and praying that it gets me home. <laughs> and that's about, you know, when I'm hugging it saying, please don't run out of gas. Um, but yeah, for me, it is a cathartic thing to be out there alone. So I, I'm on the other side of the coin from, from, from that. But Lynn being out there riding alone, do you, um, you know, do, do you ever fear for, uh, Jenny, do you fear for Lynn's safety? Um, or, you know, is that really, is it a non-issue? And Lynn, do you uh, love writing for the same reasons, like the opposite side of the coin that your sister doesn't, I guess? 
Okay, who well, you first? <laughs> well, I like ride, riding my own motorcycle because when I was riding two up with my husband, it's like I couldn't see anything. I mean, his big head was in the way. <laughs> it was so... And so it's like, I'm like, finally, I get to see, you know, what, you know, we're riding by. And, um, but yeah, so. I'm going to assume uh, Jenny's husband's either super short or has a see-through head. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh, no. He's super tall. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. You just got good so at look, looking around. Is. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Lynn, you're, you're a, um, no, it's it's funny to hear your sister say that she's a thrill seeker, but you know everybody yeah, really? er, right everybody has their limits, right? So I I, I get it, yeah. and but for you the experiences sounds like exactly like the opposite side of the coin where you you're seeking um you know you you just want to have the you want to be at the front seat of the roller coaster basically, and uh, your sister just likes sitting behind the the super tall guy that's in the front seat <laughs> and enjoying the side views. So yeah, it's funny. It's funny, you know, saying it that way, but I won't jump out of an airplane. I'm like, she probably would do that. She probably yeah. would go parachuting. I would not do that. Yeah. <laughs> and Jenny, you also mentioned the safety, uh, that you're super safety conscious, but obviously you have ultimate, um, you know, basically faith in your husband that he's going to operate it safely and, and things like that. Or else I don't think even you'd jump on the back, you know what I'm saying? Because motorcycles are a pretty, uh, the, probably the least safe uh, form of travel except for trying to roller skate on the freeway. Um, do you ever have <laughs> concerns after your accident for, for Lynn? Um, no, because she's my sister and I know her and I know my brother-in-law and they they do everything by the books. They're very safety conscious Um you know, they'll ride in 100-degree weather in full gear, you know. Right, so, right. Um, of course, I worry for myself and my husband and even for for Lynn and, um, and her husband about the crazies that are out there, you know, <laughs> yeah. the other people, not them, but the other people. But, you know, life has risks, and yeah. you have to weigh weigh the risks and benefits. Right. I mean, you, you know, you could, you could, that could be walking through a shopping, or, you know, through the mm-hmm. shopping mall with a cart in your hand and all of a sudden somebody's jumping the curb at 30 miles an hour. Um, exactly. Yeah. So, um, and Lynn, you, you're like me. We, uh, I think you guys live in the, roughly the same latitude as I do, but on the other side of the country, you guys are also in Hotsville. And yeah, sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes you have no choice but to ride in a hundred degree weather <laughs> in full gear. Um, you are, do you have, uh, do you understand where your sister's coming from when she, you know, she's a crazy risk taker, but I mean, even, a, even somebody that jumps out of planes wouldn't do it without checking their chute four times. You know what I'm saying? So do you understand her side of the side of the story too? Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to, to do this with you is because I really didn't understand why she wasn't, you know, uh, you know, she had a, 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 a gift certificate to go to a class and, and, but she hasn't gone. And so, um, it's like, you know, hearing, you know, what she's saying, I do, I do understand definitely, um, where she's coming from, but, you know, we're not getting any younger and I kind of regret not getting on a motorcycle sooner. Um, so, you know, time is of the essence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and they do make three-wheeled motorcycles 
that uh, everybody could ride safely. So <laughs> well, you true. All right, I didn't want to say it, but but they do exist. But yeah, yeah, and I can get where uh, Jenny. If you, I mean, you have you basically have a uh, a five dollar bill burning a hole in your pocket because you got a free. You do have a free you know, gift certificate to go back and take the course. You did have a bad experience, but have you ever had any other of your uh, thrill-seeking adventures go sideways or not quite like you expected, but you didn't, uh, you know, it didn't make you want to give up? Oh, absolutely. Uh, my sister and I both had a horse, uh, a very spirited horse <laughs> when we were kids, and who threw us off many times. Yeah. And actually, um, seriously injured my sister, which we won't mm-hmm. go into right, right now. But I don't think um, that didn't keep me off the horse, and it's, it didn't even keep my sister off the horse. So yeah. that's a testament to my sister. Yeah. Do you think you're ever going to try and uh, figuratively get back on the horse, even though you know you, you came away with a busted rib? Uh, on your 29th birthday, you think you might, you think you might try and get back. I mean, you literally have a gift certificate, uh, or is it just something that you're, you know, you've, you've, you've made a perfectly valid point as to why, um, you enjoy, uh, you know, not being the, uh, the, the person in control, but, um, do you think you're ever going to try and try it one more time? Well, I, I'm also the kind of person that says never say never, yeah. um, and I don't want to write anything off, um, and I still think that, you know, I can do it. Yeah. Um, it's not a lack of confidence in myself. Um, it's just there are other things I want to do, in, and maybe let's just say it's on the C list. There you go. Right, right. Right. You don't want to break a hip or something before you're going to go, like, you know, <laughs> wrestle a gator or something like that, you know. you got to check off a, a couple other bucket list things first. And for your final, final act, may, you know, try to jump Snake River Canyon on a motorcycle because you're like, oh, it's, it's, my, it's my time anyway, so if I make it, yay. If I don't, who cares, right? So I, I, I go, I'd go with that option too. Um, well, I, you know... It's been interesting talking to some of the people because um, the safe, the safety thing that you mentioned is is a reason that some people won't even get on the back of a motorcycle. So I don't think it's it's motorcycling in general. I think it sounds like you enjoy it, um, and it sounds like you know you guys have gotten into plenty of other trouble. And and so it's the fear thing doesn't seem with some people that I've uh, talked to about this topic. It, it is a fear of of riding and uh, a fear of crashing, and just like you know. If I were to go to a roller rink right now, I could guarantee I may come away with a broken wrist or something because I'm so <laughs> terrible at roller skating. But it's the perception of, um, you know, getting ran over or something that people I think is really, really uh, scared of. Um, but they don't think twice about, you know, <laughs> going swimming in a river where there could be like alligators or snakes or something like that. So, um, yeah. In is there anything that uh, Lynn? Is there anything that you would want to say to Jenny? Uh, I don't want you to convince her because I don't think we you should coerce her into yeah. it. But as a sister, you kind of can't. You have that right. I don't have that right to coerce her. But if you want to coerce her, right? Uh, you know, with, with some listeners listening, you can you can do so. But <laughs> is there anything you'd want to say to her, or or anything that um, you know, you you. Are you, do you want her to ride again, or are, is it just okay that, you know, are you okay with the fact that she's tried it and, yeah, it's not for her? I'm okay that um, 
you know, if she does or she doesn't, um, it's great that she's riding with her husband and we all go riding together. And it's just that I am just a complete and utter nut about motorcycles now. And, you know, who knows? She might be that way too. If she, um, tried, I mean, cause I didn't know that about myself yeah. at all until I, um, you know, took the class. And so it's, um, it'd be, you know, I wouldn't want her to miss out on that. If that was, you know, it may or may not be the way for her, but wouldn't want her to miss out on that. If that's, if, if it is, if it is something that would get triggered. Yeah. For her. Right. Yeah, it is. It, it, motorcycling is one of those, uh, moments of self-discovery cause you do, you, d- you discover very quickly whether or not you, um, you know, when you're on two wheels, it really does move the soul and it's eye opening and it can be a adventure with friends or, or a solo adventure or just riding around is just fun. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it does open this whole new, you smell things you never smelled before. You see and feel things in a different way than, uh, even riding with somebody else. So I do agree with that, uh, wholeheartedly. And, and also you never know until you're in, until you're in full and complete, uh, control, you never really know. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe your sister is like a crazy stunter and she just doesn't know it because (laughs) (laughs) she hasn't popped her first wheelie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You never know. Um, yeah, no, I, I, am all for it. I'm, I'm for either way, actually. You know what I'm saying? As long as you guys are enjoying motorcycles as a, as a family and if you go on rides together, that's, that's better than some people do. But, um, but yeah, this is, it's been, uh, I like this story. This is a particularly, uh, nice story and I haven't heard them all yet, but Jenny, if there's anybody out there that wants to try, um, what would you say to them? What would you say to somebody that's in your exact same situation and they're unsure about it? Would you tell them, Hey, you should try it. Or would you say, Hey, I, I broke a rib and, uh, you know, Maybe think twice. Uh, you know, what would your story be if somebody came up to you and asked you if they saw you climb off the back of a motorcycle or walk around with a, you know, a jacket or a helmet or something like that, and they they asked you about it? What would your story be like? Would you? Uh, what would what would your advice be to them? I would absolutely encourage them to do it. Um, I I don't want I want everybody to experience as much as possible. I mean, like you know, our time, like Lynn said, our time here is limited. And there's so many experiences out there. And um, I would not discourage it at all. I think it's fun. I think if you get, you know, training and do it sensibly, it can be a blast. Um, no, I would never discourage anybody. Even if, you know, I I, I don't want to jump out of an airplane. But <laughs> I, I w- would never tell somebody not to do it just because I'm afraid of it or right. I had a bad experience. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, no, I had a parachute not open once and I still do it, you know, look at me. I'm <laughs> totally disfigured. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. And, and, and the last thing I, I want to say about this is that I'm obviously you could do it, the dirt bike, uh, one round one, but at least you know that, you know, you have the, like you said, it's not that you don't have the skills to do it or that you, you know, you couldn't do it. It's just that dirt bikes are squarely, but it's also a good way of uh, knowing, like, I, I love that I know how to drive a stick. I'm adamant that I'm going to teach my kids how to drive a stick. And it's just one more mode of transportation. And the way 2020 is going, we might need, uh, <laughs> might, might need to be able to get out of here on two wheels once in a while. But yeah, I, uh, 
I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation, and it's good to have siblings on. Um, this is a unique perspective. We haven't got this yet, so in this story at least. So thank you, ladies, for, for sharing Thanks. your time and your fun. stories. And yeah, and we'll try to catch up with you guys another time, maybe when, when Jenny's jumping Snake River Canyon or whatever. <laughs> so. <laughs> so Lynn and Jenny, we're going to let you guys get back to dinner and uh, sign off for now. But thank you so much for being on Creative Writing for this. Uh, thank you. Yeah. So it helps if you turn yourself up. Tobor fell asleep again. He is powered down for the night. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to this week's show. There you have it. To ride or not to ride, that is the question. And as you heard, uh, thanks for everybody actually that uh, talked with us, <clears throat> excuse me, talked with us, gave us some insight, whether or not you came on the air or not. Uh, thanks to the people that provided feedback. Um, those of you that crashed, those of you that quit for a medical injury, those of you that quit for family. Um, and everybody that we talked to basically, except for, um, one person said that they would probably try riding again. And so, or, or would want to get into motorcycling if they weren't. So again, 2020 has been a hell of a year. Um, so far. And if you're lucky enough to have stuck around through it and toughed it out and been able to afford uh, a bike period and have been able to afford, you know, the luxuries, the little luxuries of life that we used to take for granted, oh, 12 short months ago, um, then yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And excuse me. And um, so yeah, you don't have to ride. There's some other passion that's within you. I am 100% sure. And, uh, you know, creative writing is all about being creative. And, you know, eventually we either get to the age or we get to the um, debilitating uh, physical attributes um, that dictate that we quit writing. And so for many people, Wayne Rainey is one of those people for many, many years couldn't ride. And it was really awesome that I believe, uh, I think it was this year as I've, this year has gone by and I've already, you know, it's already blurred together into three long months, but I believe it was this year that he got on a special bike and rode for the first time in like over 20, maybe 30 years. I think since his crash in 90, Five was that when his crash was 93, somewhere around there. Um, at any rate, you know, even somebody that hasn't ridden for a long, long time made motorcycling their passion, uh, took on um, the task of becoming like a, a motorcycle ambassador, a coach. You know, I, I, I believe he's managed some teams or some riders, um, and you can do the same, you know what I mean? If you, and, and at the most, I mean, the least, um, make people aware of motorcycles and you can enjoy, I, you know, I came from racing cars and a kind of a car background. Uh, I used to always watch motorcycles when I was, when I was into cars and, um, doing track days in cars. Um, always kind of put down the, not put down. I always kind of gave the side eye to that dude who was in our autocross group that, um, would take the trailers on like every other month and do a motorcycle track day, uh, using our timing equipment and cones and all that stuff because he had some, a Bimota and a Honda or something. And I was like, wow, what's that guy about, you know? And that's just a fancy Italian motorcycle or something like that. And then you get into motorbikes and you're like, wow, he had a rare piece of, uh, 
you know, I think he had like a, I don't know if he had a Ducati B-Moto, a Suzuki B-Moto. I just wasn't into motorcycles at the time. So now I really wish I could go back in time and talk to that guy and maybe get into riding a few years earlier. Um, kind of rediscover riding as an adult rather than when I was uh, doing it as a little kid. But anyways, um, so yeah, I mean, whether you're riding or not, just be aware of riding. Be um, like I, you know, the whole reason I started talking about cars, I love drifting. I hated drifting when I raced. It was the dumbest. It's what we tried not to do. You tried not to scrub speed in the corner. Now I love drifting and I love when people drift motorbikes. Um, and it's cool. And so I think you can really appreciate something, even if you're not that, uh, you're not into the hobby, you know what I'm saying? Or into the sport or into anything. So, um, yeah, really, really interesting. And thank you to everybody that came on. Um, if you have little kids, make them aware of motorcycles now so that we don't have any crazies on the road in like five or 10 years, say, um, and make sure that, uh, you know, if you're not into motorcycling, at least you support those things. I, I, I'm into a lot of stuff. I'm into the outdoors big time. And in California, uh, I don't have any guns. I don't necessarily go shooting out here, but that doesn't mean that in other states I don't. And um, let me see. It's been a while since I shot here in California, but uh, every handgun sale and every fishing license sale and every, you know, hunting rifle and shotgun sale, a little bit of that money goes to outdoor programs, which allows me to enjoy – national parks and stuff like that and and the great outdoors period uh as a, a motorcyclist too so it's not just the fact that um you know you don't think about handguns contributing to riding motorcycles but they do you know every uh, there's a little bit of money uh that comes out of certain acts that were passed a long time ago that uh makes land and maintenance of land and, and, uh, keeps land open for all sorts of recreating. So yeah, just even if you're not into motorcycling and you're just hearing this for some crazy reason, make people aware, uh, about it. And next time you see one stop to appreciate it and just, you never know, you may get into it. Uh, that may be the one time that the bug bites you. So yeah, at any rate to ride or not to ride, you are the ultimate uh, decider of that fate. And with that, I have, um, not got out a whole bunch. It hit, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this already, but it hit winter pretty good here. Uh, this last weekend in California, the temps have dropped. We have a Patreon, uh, supporter, Narissa. I know she's out here, um, in Cali right now. And, uh, I suppose she was looking forward to some of that 89 degree weather we had for, oh, like nine months. And then all of a sudden you bring Wisconsin with you, dude, what's up with that? So yeah, it, it got pretty chilly. This whole last week has been a little chilly. Um, I want to say like, well, don't want you to get mad, but like sixties. That's really chilly for California, all right? Like this part of California, at least. So yeah, we've been not so warm. And uh, it actually snowed out between here and um, Las Vegas this last weekend. There was a lot of snow out there uh, out in the, the desert area. So it's kind of weird to say it snows in the desert, but it, it do. Um, so yeah, we were hitting a cold spell. Just, think, just thinking about it gave me the chills just now. Oh, God, that was like when you do that weird pee chill thing. Um, but yeah, so anyways, we're, we're in the midst of winter. Uh, it was so weird because just last weekend was Halloween. It's weird to think about that. And uh, the election happened like 
a couple of days later, it's so weird how that always happens. Like every four years, I guess it happens, um, where we have Halloween and then we have the ultimate fright of uh, powering through an election. But we made it, and now we're full on into winter. If you would like to go riding, come on out here to um, California and ride around. Our Spooky Spoke winner did it, went camping uh, the weekend before Spooky Spokes. So yeah, enjoy some of that warm California 80-degree weather right before it dips down into the 50s and 60s. Um, Which, by the way, quick announcement, uh, Spooky Spokes was won by a gentleman named Rob down in San Diego. And Rob, you, it's funny, uh, when he sent me his address to ship his stuff to, uh, I realized that he lives in the city that I, uh, immigrated to from Arkansas. So yeah, kind of funny. Um, so yeah, it's kind of cool. Like he, I guess he knows some of the old, uh, writing spots that maybe I, I hit up as a kid. But, um, but yeah, so it's kind of cool. So Rob won Spooky Spokes. I'm going to be sending his stuff down. Ironically, I'm still waiting on the creative writing merch. It was supposed to be here like a week ago. Like usually every year I'm worried about Spooky Spokes. This year I had everything lined up. And the one thing that I order from our our store is uh, what I'm waiting on. And supposedly it was supposed to be here. So I don't know what's going on um, with the mail. <laughs> and maybe they, maybe they said they shipped it and they didn't really. So either that or they shipped it. Uh, actual snail mail, like taped onto the back of a snail. So, um, and also our new patron, Phil, Philip, uh, big news for you, my friend. Although you did just sign up a week too late to be uh, entered in Spooky Spokes, which is actually going to be our final Spooky Spokes too. Um, we do have Solstice Slam, which is coming up in the spring where we celebrate the warmth and everybody getting out to ride. Um, and we're going to make it a little bit closer to the actual summer solstice this year instead of doing an equinox. But, you know, equinox, solstice slam sounds so cool. Equinox, uh, you what, give me some alliteration for something cool for equi- equinox energy time. You know, this doesn't sound great. So solstice slam, that, that really hits home. Um, everybody this year that couldn't participate in Spooky Spokes because of the weather, because of uh, – you know, whatever, whatever's going on in your life, don't worry. Social Slam's coming up. There'll be uh, a chance for that. And all of our patrons get entered into, all of our $5, not patrons, get automatically entered into these crazy, wacky contests that we have. So, Philip, I did want to tell you, although you missed out like a, by a week on the Spooky Spokes um, submission, uh, you're in for Solstice Slam. You're in like slim. You're in... In you're in like bin. I don't know. You you you, may, you think of something funny. There's no names with end and n. You're in like cinnamon. Yeah, I don't know. We'll figure out something. At any rate, I was trying to think of something cool and creative. I usually pick a name out of a hat for our um, spooky spokes winners every year that are our patrons that don't submit. Obviously, for the ones that do submit a Spooky Spoke, not only do they get in contention for winning Spooky Spokes, but they also get a second chance by being a patron. So this year, it was really tough. I realized not a lot of people could get out. Even Rob admitted in his story that he may have been like a little off limits on this camping trip that he did because technicalities may have dictated that the area he was in might have been closed or off limits generally, let's say. But, I, you know, he wasn't a miscreant about it. He went in and did his things well and, and was quiet about it and didn't leave a mess. So, yeah, no harm, no foul. Um, 
other people that didn't get it get in on this epic last year of Spooky Spokes. We're gonna, we're thinking of a new idea for next year, so don't worry. I do need to remove it from my Patreon page, though. Thanks for reminding me just now, Tobor. Tobor is pointing at Patreon saying, hey, Spooky Spokes right here. Yes. As of this year, that is still a thing. Once January 1st hits, we'll have to redo our uh, our Patreon tiers and say, hey, now for Solstice Slam and Scroggy Scares or something like that. Well, we're going to think of some other thing to do next year. But at any rate, um, I didn't want to just pick Patreon winners out of a hat this year. I think that's kind of cheesy. Um, we usually put their names in a helmet, shake up the helmet, pick them out for solstice slam. I've done creative things in the past, like throwing knives with people's names on them. Um, I think we did like a random generator. We did like the wheel of doom one time. I forget what we did, but I want to find, find a fun, creative way to pick the winner of the solstice of the, uh, Patreon spooky spoke this year. And I don't just want to draw a name out of a helmet like we have in the past. I want to do something fun like we do with Solstice Slam. So I think what I want to do, I need some advice from the patrons. I need some advice from you general listeners. I was thinking like a Hot Wheels race. Um, I could just put uh, patrons' names on the random cars, or I could go down to the store and buy 12 identical cars uh, so we don't have any, you know, uh, you know, people uh, claiming what's it called? What am I trying to say here? If we don't have anybody complaining about um, unfair advantage or anything like that, uh, you know, he had a four by four car, you're racing on Hot Wheels on dirt. What did you expect? You know, yada, yada. At any rate, Hot Wheels race might be one way. Um, an actual supermoto race or something. There was just a supermoto race out here in um, Arizona last weekend. We could have picked. 12 random people, you know, from the grid or pick the top 12. And, uh, I don't know, we needed to do, or the last 12, because we know, you know, number one guy has been coming to number one all the time. We don't want to pick him for certain person. We'll pick the last 12, whatever it is. Um, hell we could even do marbles, a little marble race. Um, I just want to, I want something creative. I don't just want to draw a name out of a hat. So I'm going to leave it up to you, patrons. That means I haven't picked a winner. Rob, it was easy to pick a winner. He's the only guy that submitted for Spooky Spokes this year, so he shall reap those benefits. But for patrons, I have to designate a winner. I'm not going to pull a name out of a hat. I need some ideas. And I think Marble Race would be a good idea. Um, Marble Track would be fun to fun to make and maybe something fun to video and then from here on out we could do saturday night marble races for money oh, i didn't say that on air no, I, no uh you know maybe maybe if we go to las vegas we could do that but yeah so anyways uh everybody think of uh, a fun and simple and easy way for us to determine who's going to win the spooky spokes for the patrons um that we can maybe throw up on the web or throw up on our facebook page or throw up on your girlfriend's face i don't know what would figure <laughs> throw up on it get it i said throw up oh, never mind. it's late tobor yeah tobor is clocked out we're getting uh the red light coming on here in the studio so somebody else is coming in to record so i gotta get out of here but everybody thanks for hanging out on this show thank you for everybody that participated whether they came on the air or not um and thank you to all our patrons and thank you to philip our newest patron we hope uh, you know, we'll we'll make it through 2020 together, and then hopefully 2021 is a new era, and uh, we can do some of those things that we've always wanted to do with our listeners. So I think I think 21 
right around the March uh, time frame is going to be pretty dang good. I can tell you, for me, that's when things lighten up. Uh, <laughs> and uh, hopefully that's uh, we're out of all this bullshit that 2020 has delivered hotly into our faces um, without uh, our consent. So, all right, everybody, with that, I am out of here. Next week, we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of cool stuff. We're going to be talking about Kayla Baggers. We're going to be talking about eating Cheerios with beer instead of milk. We're going to be talking about all sorts of crazy stuff. And uh, maybe we'll have the patrons do a bake-off to see who's going to win. Spooky Spokes. All right, everybody. Peace and grease. Uh, See you on the flip side. And take it easy. Tobor. Tobor. Tobor, push the button. Tobor. Tobor.